Hi, everybody. Meteorologist Joe Chaffee and meteorologist Joe Rayo on another Joe and Joe weather show on this Wednesday night, the 28th of October. And we've got a lot of weather to talk about, so we're going to get right to it. But uh, first, right off the bat, we just want to tell you that uh, Joe, the Joe and Joe weather show is brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware, Long Island's uh, largest rock salt provider. Uh, rock salt, straight salt bag, geo melt, bio melt, and more. No matter what size your fleet is, or maybe you're just an individual, you get shovels, spreaders, snow blowers, whatever you need. Omni True Value Hardware will meet those needs, serving Long Island and the New York City area, 1226 North Wellwood Avenue, West Babylon, New York, 631 756 1125. Best prices in town, by the way. Uh, that They do have the best prices in town, especially when it comes to rock salt. And uh, you can go to the website, omnitruevalue.com, for more information. Because eventually, uh, we are going to need all that winter weather equipment, I think. So did you, did you we'll see, see. Did you see on our, uh, on our weather chat, our private weather chat among our former uh, Fios One colleagues, Andrew Pinheiro commented that he was being alerted by the local officials in his uh, neighborhood or his town not to go to vote on Friday because they're expecting one to three inches of snow. Well, um, okay. Where does Andrew live? Does Andrew live up uh, up uh, on a high hill in, uh, in Rockland? In Orange I County think he's in Rockland County somewhere. Well, I don't think one to three. I, I didn't think that we'd see one to three inches on Friday. Do you, do you think we're going to get three inches of snow on Friday? Um, I'm not. I didn't forecast that here. No, I mean, I, I'm still going to go with the idea that uh, we're going to see, um, you know, maybe some wet snow mixing in down my way. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I think that makes total sense. Uh, and you go north of Route 84, then you start to get into the, you know, elevation, intensity and all the rest of it. And I'm thinking if there's going to be a slushy couple of inches or a little bit more in some places, it's going to be as you go north. I don't, you know, I, I don't know, unless you get, unless that second low really intensifies and, and, and pulls down more cold air than, than what's being indicated, uh, it would seem to me that it would just be a mix, mixing in, and, and that would be about it. I, are you, are, are you, you're not that far from where he is, so... Are you with? Are you are you on that uh, couple of inch page? Um, no, I don't think uh, I don't think I'm going to see anything like that here where I am. I think uh, first of all, I think I I think the boundary temperatures are going to be just a tad too warm. I'm not saying that we're not going to see any snow. I think we will see wet snow. Whether or not we can get the snow to stick is a whole different matter altogether. But uh, uh, we'll we'll see. But I'm not. I'm not too terribly concerned. I'm actually maybe a bit more concerned about the wind late tomorrow and tomorrow night. We might be talking about 40 plus mile per hour wind gusts. Yeah. I have not seen any advisories for, for wind yet, but uh, I'd be more concerned with that as opposed to the potential for any significant snowfall. Well, you know, it is, it, 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 <clears throat> it, it is a, uh, I think a possibility now considering that we are seeing this, we're seeing Zeta uh, react to that deep upper trough. Uh, we saw that happen this afternoon. And I, I just want to just bring up uh, the, uh, hopefully I got the right map up. Let's see. I think that's the right map. If it's not, I'll find it. Um, but uh, Joe, uh, well, the watches and warnings map, 
uh, tropical storm warnings now have been uh, are up. I, I I remember I don't know if it was last year or the year before with one of the tropical storm the hurricanes we had where we had hurricane warnings clear up into northern Georgia, which they never had before. Well, now we've taken that a step further because we have, tro I'm, not, I'm sorry, tropical storm warnings. We have tropical storm warnings up from southeast Louisiana all the way up the western Carolina mountains. And this is because the, the norm, if this were early September with nothing more than maybe a week trough pushing it along, you would probably have this low basically dissipate as it moves move northeastward. Or maybe you'd have some identity, some some sort of core. But in late October, when you have a, a, a deep upper trough to its west, it's reacting to that. And it makes this transition to a post-tropical cyclone. It's going to hold its identity, and, it, and it's going to hold its strength to an extent as it moves northeastward very quickly uh, up through those mountains. Yeah, the, uh, you know, it interacts... Uh, a barrow, barrow uh, clinic uh, ribbon, if you will, with uh, with uh, tremendous differences in terms of temperature and height falls. And uh, yeah, rather than just, as you mentioned, in the summertime, this has just come on up as a big mass of clouds and some rain or showers. This thing is going to be coming up. Actually, it looks like there's going to be like two centers, Johnny. There's, there's Zeta or the remnants of Zeta. And then right behind it, maybe only a couple hundred miles behind it, moving along in tandem is the surface reflection of this very robust, very vigorous upper system. And the combination of these two systems are going to just come right in, roll over us, bring us gusty winds. I think we'll see rain tomorrow that at times tomorrow afternoon evening could be heavy. And then that second system will begin to pull on that uh, north or north uh, uh, easterly colder airflow, drive it in, drop the uh, temperatures and uh, change whatever rain that's left on Friday morning over to the white stuff. I, uh, I put up, let's see if I can overlay the radar on this. Uh, I, I've got the uh, current hazards and weather observations uh, <clears throat> that are uh, showing up in uh, Southeast Louisiana uh, with the storm inland. And let me just touch on one thing, okay? Uh, we said it th two days, we said it three days ago, two days ago, and yesterday. Uh, if, yeah, the waters in the northern Gulf of Mexico this time of year are a lot cooler than they were a month ago. Yes, there is, there was, there is going to be some uh, increasing wind shear as Zeta approached land. However, uh, if it accelerates and if it reacts to that upper trough about 200 or so miles to its west back in Texas, it's going to be able to maintain its strength. And Joe, not only did it maintain its strength, but it actually strengthened this afternoon right into landfall, almost got to a category three hurricane, which is yeah. uh, you know, phenomenal that it, that, it, that it did that, but it was that upper trough to the west uh, that, that, um, that, that was responsible. And I'm looking here now, the storm is inland. If you take a look at the wind barbs, uh, the wind is cranking in a lot of spots. I'm seeing a lot of gusts in and around New Orleans, uh, over 50 miles an hour. I'm seeing sustained winds uh, at uh, Northeast Bay Gardner, um, Port Lahash, uh, 63 sustained from the south-southeast. Uh, you go to Booth, uh, Boothville Heliport, which is pretty much right near the mouth of the Mississippi. Uh, they're south-southeast at 68, gust to 68 miles an hour, sustained to 43. Uh, the winds are, are also 
blowing quite hard along the Mississippi, uh, Alabama Gulf Coast. Uh, we're seeing sustained winds of uh, 30 to 40 miles an hour with gusts up into the mid and high 50s. So uh, this is what happens when the storm starts accelerating. You've got to add the momentum uh, on the um, on the east side. And take a look here, Joe. This is the uh, the reconnaissance aircraft report from late this afternoon. I got this off Tropical Tidbits. And it's got the plot here, four crosses, and they're basically 60 miles apart. And the plane just kind of you know keeps making the circle and going around. This thing was moving. And it went from 975, 74, 73, 71, uh, uh, four, uh, four millibar drop here in about uh, maybe three hours, so, uh, right right up until landfall. And look at these wind barbs, those white wind, those whitish wind barbs. That's 96 to 113 knots at flight level, all mm. on the east side of the center. Uh, even mm. the winds on the west side weren't too shabby. So uh, this thing, this thing truly outperformed. But I don't think it should have been as big a surprise because of what was going on in the upper air. Right, that upper air, uh, the 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 uh, state of the upper atmosphere, as you mentioned, uh, coalescing, so to speak, that that very vigorous upper level system coalescing or kind of merging now with uh, with Zeta, uh, helping uh, Zeta to get bumped up. As I mentioned, I used the term a couple of days ago, like having anabolic atmospheric steroids injected into it, and uh, sure enough. Uh, it's it's been doing its thing now, and now the uh, question is, uh, what do we have to deal with uh, in the next 24 to 48 hours as this whole mess works its way north and eastward up in our direction? Yeah, I uh, I just brought up the uh, upper air off the NAB because I think it really illustrates it well because you could certainly see the two features. You see Zeta down south of Louisiana, and uh, this is uh, these are six-hour increments on this particular map view. Uh, that I'm showing, actually the first one, as I went back to uh, uh, 2 a.m. Wednesday morning when it was still far enough south in the Gulf. But I mean, it really started moving like a rocket ship. And uh, now uh, at, uh, this was at one o'clock this afternoon, to the left of it, that wrapped up upper low, that was the the Rockies, West, uh, West Texas, Oklahoma, snow and ice storm, that upper low uh, began influencing uh, the uh, the the uh, hurricane and caused it to accelerate and now of course the energy from that it's starting to make this transition into a post tropical cyclone you it, you start to see the pressures actually fall as it approaches the coast and and now it's on land and you see the upper low is basically uh, just kind of punting it along to the northeast as the upper low swings east and that identifiable feature stays identifiable I'm up to uh, tomorrow evening on the NAM. This is five o'clock tomorrow evening, and it looks like it's uh, probably somewhere near Chesapeake Bay moving northeastward, and that passes by to the south of Long Island. Uh, from there, it'll be uh, south and east of Cape Cod about six hours later, still moving like a rocket ship. And here, uh, uh, this upper trough to the west now is what we're going to be watching to see a second low that's going to try to develop early Friday morning, uh, somewhere near the Delmarva Peninsula. And that's the question for the areas that we're thinking that might see a mix or a change over to snow north and west of the coast, well north and west of the coast. Uh, is, is it going to be enough? The northern stream is sending down its own little short wave with the cold air. Is it going to be enough to pull down that cold air? 
I don't think it gets to the coast, uh, again, other than a cheap thrill uh, with uh, some mixing for snow lovers. Uh, but uh, the elevated areas well up uh, inland north of Route 84, I think, have a shot to pick up uh, a, a, a slushy accumulation. By the way, Joe, if you uh, have not already, take a look at the, uh, go, go back to the, uh, the latest NAM and go to the FGen model, where, okay. of course, it shows you, shows you Omega. And 700 I or 850. Uh, I'm looking at 850 right now. All right, well, and I will tell you right now that the contours are so jammed together that you can't even, it just looks like a big stripe of purple. Hang <laughs> and on, man. Yeah, I see it. Look at that. That's a, that, that, that comes right overhead. Right. Here, let, let's roll, let me just roll it back. Because at this point here now, uh, we've already made landfall. Yeah, watch that, um, that tight uh, zone there. Front of Genesis, so that's what the FGen means. And yeah, I mean that is that is very impressive. Uh, this certainly would argue whoever's underneath that's going to get clobbered with rain uh, for uh, tomorrow into tomorrow night. And then it pulls out, and then you can see the second area doesn't quite. It's it's further south, so it, you don't really get into the, uh, the the stronger dynamics with the second one because the low is pushed a little bit further to the south. So you're going to have to work with whatever you have. Right. And I should also point out that uh, sometimes you look at, you know, the NAM and it doesn't quite line up with it. It may, maybe goes overboard relative to what the GFS, the GFS is not all that much uh, in terms of being all that robust with the pattern. But if you go to the GFS uh, FGen at 850, you'll see, all right, it's not as tight, uh, tightly wound up as the NAM. But it pretty well lines up with what the NAM is, is, is forecasting. They're basically saying, and we get to tomorrow, especially midday and afternoon, uh, the rains are going to be coming on down really hard in some places. So the other big difference, yeah, the other big <clears throat> difference with the NAM, by the way, is the fact that the zero uh, on the NAM uh, on the 850 is uh, halfway down the New Jersey coast by Friday morning. Right. So the NAM is colder. And that's the reason why we see a, uh, a, a changeover that the NAM shows. The GFS really doesn't show very much in terms of, of, of snow uh, on, on the northwest side. I tend to, I'm going to go with the, the, the NAM's colder look. The outcome still might not be anything, um, you know, anything crazy to speak of. I mean, just relative to the time of year, if some spots far enough south down the Hudson Valley, you know, north of 84, but you get a little close, you know, that somebody winds up with an accumulating snow. Uh, we'll, we'll put it in the land of, um, of cheap thrill. Here's the digital forecast. We're going to come back to the models shortly. Um, here's the, um, the, the uh, <coughs> Weather Service digital forecast. I, I noticed that the, some of the local office forecasts are a little more detailed than this, so it's a little deceiving because the prints on here don't really reflect uh, what's being shown on some of the local maps because I'm seeing, you know, some three and four inch amounts in some of the elevated areas. They're spitting out an inch for Albany, two inches for Pittsfield, an inch for Springfield, and three inches for Worcester. Um, and even an inch not too far away from Boston. Uh, Northeast Connecticut, um, uh, two, one, Hartford, it looks like it's all north of Hartford. And then, of course, you look down further south, and there really isn't anything as you get down toward New York City and, and points south. And I don't think that's, that's really a big surprise. So I, I'm, uh, I've been kind of focused on part one more than I have been on this part. And when we get through all the maps, remind me, I'll pull, see if I can pull some of the local 
Weather Service um, snowfall maps. And by the way, the other thing that WPC's done is they've kind of expanded that um, flash, the uh, risk for flash flooding uh, and pushed it further north. So now they have the slight risk area covering Long Island, southwest Connecticut, uh, the Hudson Valley, all of New Jersey. Uh, yesterday, the, the, uh, the northern fringe was south of New York City. Now they've kind of pushed it north of New York City. And you can see it extends all the way southwest uh, back through uh, Tennessee, Kentucky. Uh, I, I, I guess they fit for, how, for whatever reason. They've got slight risk. Then they've got this small circle of, of, of marginal risk, and then they go back to slight risk. I'm not sure what the logic is for having that hole in the middle, but they look at they look at the stuff a lot deeper than we do. So I'm going to defer to them on this. Well, they're the uh, each division or supposedly are uh, uh, experts in their particular field, and so those uh, folks who draw up these uh, flash flood maps are uh, a bit more uh, uh, on top of things as opposed to. You know, I, I've always said, Joe, that you and I, or at least I've always considered myself a general practitioner. As a general practitioner, I mean, we know we know enough in in all sectors, but there are those who uh, deal with just one particular segment of uh, synoptic meteorology, and so uh, right. yeah, we I know would... a little bit about a lot of things, and they know a lot about uh, you know a few things. Yes, and between exactly. between between both sides, we wind up putting a good pro try to put a good product together. Right. Hurricane Center's forecast, uh, now that it's inland, of course, uh, you've got uh, uh, the storm track really hasn't changed. The forecast track from the Hurricane Center has, has changed very little. Even the timing has changed very little in the last two days. So it's all on course here. Uh, it goes from uh, a tropical storm. They mentioned in the discussion tonight that the post-tropical process is probably already underway. And they keep it as a post-tropical tropical storm. <laughs> I guess I guess that's how you would say it. Uh, as it moves uh, through Western Virginia, moves off the coast, passes to the south of, of uh, most of New Jersey and certainly south of southern New England, and then is southeast of Cape Cod by one o'clock uh, Friday morning. And uh, WPC's rainfall amounts, uh, they kind of I was a little surprised on this particular the seven day map because there really isn't too much happening next week. So it's all it's all about what's happening for tomorrow and Friday. Um, they kind of reduced uh, the three to five inch rain area. Uh, I'm a little a little surprised at that, but that's what, you know, they did what they did. But they still have the northern uh, line of an inch and a half. They've actually pushed that a little bit further north into uh, into southeastern New England and southern New England. So that's maybe good news for the drought stricken areas. And again, as you point out with the NAM, if that FGen, um, if the front of Genesis uh, at uh, 5,000 feet is any indication, uh, the rain may wind up outperforming, and I don't, I don't think those drought areas would mind that so much. And you know, I, I was looking at the Storm Prediction Center. They have the area of general thunderstorm coverage across uh, up to as far north as central New Jersey, and just skimming, skimming the immediate south coast of Long Island. And with all that FGen that we just looked at, it, it, you know, it would not be. And and of course, whatever is left of Zeta coming rolling on through tomorrow afternoon just to our south, don't be surprised if tomorrow afternoon, even though you might not, you know, be in the uh, convective zone, don't be surprised if you hear some thunder or see some flashes of lightning, because we often, when we get a lot of lifting and a lot of dynamics here, uh, we see these thunderstorms pop up every which way, and it could very well happen, even though it's not officially in the forecast, I wouldn't rule, it, rule that out completely either. If there is any doubt that 
the upper trough that's back in Texas uh, <clears throat> is is interacting with the tropical system, you can uh, relieve those doubts by looking at this satellite loop because it's pretty obvious here. And this is a very good illustration of how these these systems move in reaction to what's going on elsewhere uh, in the atmosphere and in the United States. The rotation that is back in North Texas, you can see that uh, well-defined. It's, it's rotating in a counterclockwise fashion, and you can see the arm that's pushing eastward, almost like a giant occlusion that is moving eastward across Texas. And it just literally it picked up the hurricane and just fired it uh, like a slingshot. And you also can still see the identity of the tropical system once it goes yes. infrared. Uh, it's yeah. obvious the both both the, uh, the the cold core system and the tropical system are are standouts here. And also the extent of clouds basically from Colorado to southern New England right now. So it, it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on uh, over a large portion of the U.S. Yes, and I'm, I'm monitoring the chat board. Bill Rogers on the chat board is asking me, Joe Rayo, do you expect snow on the ground for the first day of rifle season? Well, first of all, I don't know what, when rifle season begins. I, I know up here where I am, Joe, that um, <clears throat> there, uh, there's a short season for... Uh, for deer, for turkey, it usually comes during the month of November. I don't know exactly what the the time frame is. I, I frankly, I don't, I don't think that there's going to be much of any snow on the ground. If uh, you know, we if, even if it were to happen in the next couple of weeks, uh, rifle season that is. But, right. Uh, well, this hunter, may be the one shot because the pattern does look like it's going to. Well, then we got a deep upper trough that's going to come in Sunday night and Monday, which we'll get to. Um, but after that, I think it looks like we might be going a bit warmish uh, in the longer range, and we will uh, we will certainly address that particular issue uh, momentarily. Uh, I've got the uh, loop here, the radar loop. By the way, is this is from Baton Rouge, and uh, the actual the rain has now ended among, uh, through much of southern Louisiana, southeastern Louisiana. Uh, no, but not quite yet. It's just about uh, ending or will end shortly in New Orleans, heavy rains. And you can, that's the way the center is. So the, the center of uh, Zeta is moving, moved right over New Orleans and will continue to move northeastward. Well-defined uh, uh, signature here on the, uh, on the radar view. And uh, I'll bring up the full U.S. now and we'll take a look at, at, uh, at that. And here it is. So we'll bring up the full U.S. radar. Well, it'll be here in a second. Um, there it goes. A lot of rain now uh, across the southern plains. Uh, the back edge is a minimal amount of snow and ice left, and that should be done with shortly. But you got a lot of rain now breaking out uh, through Missouri, Arkansas, northern mm -hmm. Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, and some of the some lead uh, showers are now into parts of Western Virginia and Western North Carolina. This is only going to increase. The upper low is obvious. You see the rotation of the radar echoes back through Kansas and Oklahoma going from east to west. And the arm that extends down into East Texas, Western Louisiana, and the tropical system that is moving very quickly on up to the northeast. So all of this is going to be translating to the east coast. I thought the rain would reach me by around daybreak tomorrow. Or, or plus or minus an hour or so of daybreak. I said for the Hudson Valley, and of course the Hudson Valley is a rather large area of real estate. If you include Orange, Rockland, Westchester, and Putnam, and even exclude 
uh, Ulster and Sullivan County and Dutchess County, I think 5 to 8 a.m. going from uh, south to north will be when rain will be spreading in uh, across the Hudson Valley region. And I think probably by midday and afternoon, we'll be seeing some rather uh, significant, if not heavy rain. I'm really surprised, Joe, that the uh, uh, folks over at uh, the National Weather Service, uh, New York City or Upton, uh, Long Island, uh, haven't issued at least a, a flood watch or a flash flood watch. Yeah, well, maybe they may. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe it didn't meet thresholds. I, 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 I don't know what the logic is. I didn't get a chance to read their discussion tonight. But maybe they'll be playing catch up tomorrow if that uh, if the NAM is right with uh, all those dynamics. Take a look at the the last run of the NAM, and there's your low in northern Alabama. Uh, what's left of Zeta still very well defined here, uh, moving northeastward. A lot of rain uh, arriving just right around or just after, just before daybreak, spreading into southern New England. Heavy rains coming in during the late morning, early afternoon. Another surge late afternoon, evening. You're low at 5 p.m. Uh, Zeta is in Chesapeake Bay. By uh, 7 p.m., it's sitting right near Cape May, and then it pushes to the east. And now you start to see on the northern fringe that colder air coming down. There is a high. There's a cold high that is uh, building uh, north of Sault Ste. Marie. It's going to be funneling down cold air. And that uh, the low that is moving out, the Zeta low, is actually going to help bring it down. And you can see that the area of snow gradually expands during the overnight to an extent. Uh, even the NAM, which a few days ago had in its longest range out at 84 hours, had, had a big area of snow, has shrunk it down. Uh, and it looks like you know by, by Friday morning, Joe, it has snow into north, northwest New Jersey, the darker blue snow, northwest New Jersey, Hudson Valley to just north of New York City, and all of Connecticut there. But then after that, it just shrinks away because the second low develops and then just races uh, out to the east-northeast, and precipitation comes to an end uh, no later than noontime. I, I would say, yeah, I, would, uh, I was thinking about, again, for the Hudson Valley, 11 a.m. to about 1 or 2, 2 p.m., for the end of the precip, and maybe by the afternoon on Friday, Joe, some breaks of sunshine, maybe even more than a few breaks. Sometimes you get these really wound up systems that drive uh, that drive in drier air behind it. And so uh, all of a sudden you, you, you break wide open in the sun or clear sky, and we just might see that maybe later Friday, if not certainly clearing overnight Friday night, and that should lead us into a bright, brilliantly clear, sunny, albeit chilly, one of the chilliest Halloweens I could remember in recent memory coming up on Saturday. 29 is the record low, by the way, for Saturday morning in New York City. It'll be interesting to see how close it gets. Uh, here's uh, the new GFS, which was actually late. Uh, it, it must have, the whole run must have come in in the last half hour. Uh, but uh, it's pretty much in line. The only difference here, it looks like, first off, Joe, I think the, the 18Z GFS, that the rain shield looks much more impressive than it did on the prior run. Uh, shows some fairly heavy rains uh, coming in later in the afternoon, in the afternoon and evening, and it's a little bit faster, I think, than uh, the Nam by not too much, but it is a little bit faster. And also, there's a tight little low that's still out there east of the New Jersey coast, a 993-ish low, and a fairly tight pressure gradient. Again, that snow area on the backside is very uninspiring on the GFS. You can barely find it. 
uh, on, on the model. The low forms fairly quickly uh, Thursday night. The second low by Friday morning, it's already out uh, to the east on this model at 37 and, and 69, and you know racing out to the east. And by two o'clock in the afternoon on the GFS, all the precip is gone, and then the cold high builds in for Friday night and for Saturday. Uh, after that, <clears throat> looks like a strong cold front and upper trough come through Sunday evening, Joe, with maybe a couple of showers when that front goes by. <laughs> but Saturday should be fine, and I'm thinking much of the daytime Sunday should be okay until the front goes by. It's really not going to do very much precip-wise, but uh, it is the gradient's pretty tight Sunday night, overnight, and on Monday in particular. It looks like a windy day. And uh, even a little bit of lake effect action going on. Uh, I think it's going to be colder with the shot coming Monday, Monday night into Tuesday morning than it is going to be Friday night and Saturday morning. Yes. In fact, <laughs> I, I, I did not mention this because we had Jim Witt on yesterday, but uh, I, my wife and I, we tried to vote yesterday. We went up to the uh, county seat up in Carmel here in Putnam County. And my wife said, you know, well, we, we, I don't think we're going to have to wait all that long. I mean, after all, Putnam County, among the immediate New York County areas, we're, we're fairly bucolic. We're we're sort of rural. We're not like we don't have any big cities or whatever. And so we now you have Pixley. Uh, we have Pixley. <laughs> <laughs> but we were expecting, you know, maybe if we have to wait, maybe about a half an hour, forty-five. Hours. We got there, Joe. The line was running all the way around the building, like three separate times, curving and swerving this way. We estimated, and uh, later we found. Uh, that uh, our uh, local uh, 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 town board uh, supervisor tried to vote there too. He estimates, and I, I pretty close to my guesstimation, I, we would have had to wait like three hours. Yeah, I'm not doing vote. that. So, and the thing is, no. the thing is, in Putnam, in Putnam County, that is the only place where you can get or put in your vote early. So that means that every town, every community, every hamlet only goes to one place. All came to one place, and that's why they were so. So, uh, Renata and I are going to uh, vote on election day morning. And since we don't want to wait, you know, too long, we're going to set our alarm clock for 5 a.m. <laughs> and I'm looking at these temperatures, I'm, I'm thinking right now that come uh, uh, early on uh, on uh, Tuesday morning, you know, exactly what you just said. I think we're looking at a temperature here in Putnam County where we live, like in the mid-20s. Yeah. There's nothing I love more than having to get up at the crack mid -20s of dawn. Mid-20s with, with still a bit of a wind, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's 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 the day we all have to vote, so I'll, I'll put up with that. As, oh. long as, I, as long as I have to wait, as long as I, they have us wait inside, I ain't waiting outside in mid-20-degree temperatures with, with a blowing wind, that's for sure. I, I asked for an absentee ballot. I got it. I filled it out. I sent it in. Uh, and I'm done. So there you go. Now, let's look at the upper air as we go through the weekend, because, of course, this trough in the east, all everything that's been going on with Zeta and uh, the uh, the upper trough. And now, of course, it, it moves out a temporary respite. And here comes the next digging trough. This trough, Joe, is very deep, actually. That swings through Sunday night into Monday morning and, and right. a very, very strong uh, as it goes by. And it takes a little time for it to pull out. Tuesday morning, we're still under it. So uh, I think uh, temperatures are going to struggle on Tuesday, uh, Monday and Tuesday, until this thing lifts out. Now, once it does lift out, 
the pattern across the United States relaxes. It's a uh, pretty much a straight west to east flow from the Pacific Northwest to the East Coast, and you have a little bit of ridging that pops up <coughs> in the um, in in the Gulf in in, uh, in Florida and, and the uh, interior Southeast down into the Gulf of Mexico. So it does look kind of warmish toward the end of next week, and a trough, another strong powerhouse trough, drops down the Pacific Northwest into Nevada and Utah, and a big ridge pops up in the east in the longer range. And this takes us to the end of next week and, the, and next weekend. And just going forward really quick, uh, eventually that ridge is whittled away, but it looks like uh, the models keep wanting to drop troughs down out in the west in the longer range. So we'll see how that plays out as we uh, as we go through the month of November. I, I, I agree with you, Joe. I think, I think the... Uh... The turnover day or the transition day from uh, the cold, the, the the second shot of cold early next week, um, probably sometime between the fifth and the seventh of uh, November, which is what that's uh, that's late next week. We'll, we'll probably see the temperatures a uh, jump, and um, when I say jump, I'm I'm talking about maybe we might even flirt uh, with sixty or or, yeah, or thereabouts. I would think. Uh, it's so it yeah it looks like. Uh, I, I don't know what you would call it. Uh, we've already had, I guess, a spell of Indian summer. I don't know what you would call a spell of mild weather in November. Uh, you know what? I don't even. I, I don't even get involved in that anymore. <laughs> I just don't. I'm even not talking about. I'm not talking about. You know, just names or. No, 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 no. no but I mean, yeah. I just we had we had most areas have had their first frost. There's still a few areas that didn't. Who had the frost? Who didn't have the frost? And technically, it's. It's Indian summer for the Hudson Valley, Connecticut, and eastern Long Island, but not for western Long Island. It, then it gets, just gets noisy. I, I let it, I, No. I just, <laughs> no. Um, the uh, weather prediction, folks, uh, with regards to probability of snow, uh, I, uh, I put up here the probability of at least four. And uh, the uh, lightest green is uh, 25, is 20%. Okay, the next shade of green is 30%, and the darkest green is 40%. So you can see that the area of 40% probability of at least four, I mean, it's not like it covers a whole lot of geography here. Uh, Southern Vermont, parts of New Hampshire. So if you want to use the 30% line as maybe the threshold, um, you know, upstate New York and the Adirondacks down into the Catskills, and then uh, the the uh, the Berkshires and on up into uh, 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 New Hampshire has the best chance of seeing something on, on the order of four. If you want to take it a step down as far as the probability of two, uh, the darker blue is 40 percent for at least two. And that's from the Catskills on northward and also for the Berkshires and, and into Vermont and, and New Hampshire. So. Uh, as far as Andrew is concerned, he's completely outside the two-inch line here, Joe. I don't know where the one-inch line is on this graphic, but the uh -huh. two-inch two line is uh, uh, is nowhere close. For 5% probability of two is up in Sullivan County. So I, I, I go back to what I said earlier. I could... At this point, if, if this were going to be something important regarding snow, in my opinion... I may wind up crashing and burning by saying this, but uh, if we are, were, were going to see something truly significant out of this, I would think the models would have been trending colder and deeper and and more um, more dynamic with every run from the snow angle 
And they really haven't been doing that. I'm just going to put up the probability of an inch. I was a, you're able to do that for the 24-hour time frame. And for ending Friday morning, I'll try to get the opacity here. Let me get it to 100. When, you, when are you going to make your first snow map, Joe? <laughs> I did yesterday. I didn't see it. I'm oh, sorry. I didn't put it up. You want me to put it up? I'll put it up. Hold on a second. No, well, you know, I, no. I'm... Hold on. No, no, no. You asked for it. You got it, Toyota. Hang on a second. If Toyota wants to be a sponsor, that's fine by me. Uh, so anyway, here's your probability for an inch into Friday morning. I just had it. Where did it go? It went away. Why did, why is, oh, there it goes. So there's your, seriously, stop it, map. Um, okay, so the southern edge, Joe, of an inch is, is way north and west of, of Rockland County. Uh, it's well north and west of 84. That's through 12Z Friday and uh, 18Z, if it will load. Uh, between 12 and 18, it does sink. The 5% line sinks to the south. You know what? That, that to me, that says nothing. Uh, you really have to get into that. If you use this, the way I use this map, these maps, I really look for that 30% line as maybe where the southern end of an inch would be. So if that's the case, at least if WPC is correct, I mean, you're talking middle Catskills almost but not quite to I-90 and points north uh, that wind up with something that accumulates, in my never-to-be-humble opinion. Well, And maybe it gets down into northern Litchfield County in, in Connecticut. All right. Well, we'll we still have a couple of more runs to go. Of, uh, to, oh yeah. So, uh, so I'll maybe, show you my snow map. Moving, you may be moving those boundary lines either a little further south or north, depending upon what we see over the next. So here's the snow map that I did yesterday, <clears throat> and I didn't change it. Uh, so you can uh, judge it for what you you know on on, on however you want to take it. Uh, the uh, southern edge. I brought a, a line where just to the north of it says could see wet snow mixing in. Uh, it cuts across Sussex County in New Jersey. It's just south of your house, uh, runs along 15 in Connecticut. And then the line, the border for a slushy couple of inches, uh, I actually have it outside of Sullivan County, northern Ulster, just north of Dutchess, western Litchfield County. And then you see that I put a little triangle there, a four in southern Vermont. So that this is um, this is this is my snow map, and I didn't change it um, today, and I'm I'm not anticipating seeing anything uh, on the guidance that's going to make me change this. See, we're picking up right where we left off, or at least we, in your case, because the last snow map I think we both made was back on May 9th. <laughs> yeah, on Mo Timmy V. Feltman <laughs> reminded me that was on Mother's Day, and and here we are now. That was a late. That was a late snow map, and now here's an early snow map. Correct. Isn't life fun? Yeah. Oh, I just oh, and, and Scott Scott Briller, you're, you'll be very happy to know I I found your question, or not really a question, is more of a a factoid than anything else. I I said to myself maybe I said, when I started hear, hearing you Joe say where is it where is it I said oh I got to look and see a check to see whether or not. Somebody sent me something. Yeah, when you open up, when you open it up on Messenger, you have to um, 
you have to let it stay open and scroll up so that it or scroll down so that you pull it down and then it, it'll right. go through the memory and then it'll eventually drop in uh, all the messages that you uh, you missed. So that that's how that works. And as we last left you yesterday, it was the other five cities with regards to their biggest snowfalls that we were oh, getting yes. to. Yes. All right. So give me a moment here to get my act together. And um, that's actually going back to uh, to uh, Monday because we didn't do that yesterday. Right. Right. So just hang on a second. By the way, uh, Thomas Saul, thank you so much for hitting uh, Super Chat tonight. Uh, Joe and I really appreciate it. He hit it before the show even started. So uh, a big uh, thank you to you. And that's it. So let me get uh, let me let me get the answers to the questions because they're hidden away in a secret place. And and you can get your questions. But while I'm waiting to load this, why don't you go ahead with your question? It's not really a it's not really questions. He just uh, he gave me a few interesting uh, things here. Number one. Uh, he says the record low on Halloween in Central Park was set in 1925 as 29 degrees, I presume, on Halloween morning. And also, he says, here's an interesting fact. If you are a snow lover, root for a below average winter. The last time Central Park had three <clears throat> had three straight below average winters, I presume it's a snowfall wise, in 2006, 2007. 2008, the next two years at Central Park saw 50 and 60 inches of snow. Wait, just a second. Um, so 06, 07, 07, 08. 08, 09 was below average for New York City? No, what he said was, uh, well, no, I. he says 2006, 2007, 2008. So I'm interpreting that as 2005, 06, 2006, 07, and 2007, 08. Okay, 5, 6 had 40 inches, so it couldn't be 5, 6. Okay. okay. Six, right. six, seven, and seven, eight were below average. Now, eight, nine oh. might have been, if it was below average in New York City, it was barely below average. But I can tell you that 08, 09 out here was a power was a powerhouse here. I mean, I that was another sixty inch year for me here. So I, 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 right. I I'm not sure. I, I the way I read the stats uh, that we only had two, one back to back. Uh, below average year in in the decade uh, in the stretch uh, from um, up until t this one, uh, it was the only time in the last 20 years that the last 18 years that we had back to back below average. Right. So that will require me to do a quick research here in a moment. But in the meantime, uh, you have to put yourself on the table here for Dallas, Chicago, Buffalo, Philadelphia, and Jacksonville. Okay. Yeah. One, one more time, Dallas. Dallas, Chicago, Buffalo, Philadelphia, and Jacksonville. Okay. Okay, I think, I, uh, well, first of all, the Philadelphia one, somebody on the chat board on Monday pretty much answered. I said it was either the, the megalopolitan blizzard of 83 or the blizzard of 96. I remember distinctly in 83 seeing a special weather statement from the Philadelphia office saying, this is one you're going to tell your grandkids about. I think that year they had like, with that one storm, they had 26 inches. And I also said, I'm not sure, but I think possibly uh, the blizzard of 96 beat that out. Uh, and then somebody posted on the board, I forgot who said, they got 30 inches with the 96 blizzard. So um, I, I don't know if you call that cheating or not, but I'll say 
30 inches for Philadelphia. Chicago, I remember in 67, January of 67, and I, the, the sad reason why I remember this is that it coincided with the death of uh, the Apollo 1 astronauts, the uh, uh, Gus Grissom and uh, White and uh, Chaffee. Uh, they were testing out the command module and an electrical fire uh, killed them. And the same day that that happened, Chicago had something like a 27 inch snowfall. But I also remember in 79, they may have had an even bigger snowfall, maybe a slightly bigger, and it ended up uh, leading to the to the end of the mayor's, uh, Mayor Belandic, I think was, was the mayor's name. He lost out on everything. Everybody hated the mayor after that because a la John Lindsay, he didn't get any uh, snow plows out in time and Chicago was like crippled or paralyzed for days and days and days in snow. So I'll say 1979, I'll say 27 inches. Buffalo, the Buffalo blizzard, how can we forget that? 1977, and I think Buffalo had in one sitting something on the order of like 50 or 60 inches of snow. I don't even remember the, the exact amount, but uh, on lake effects, so I'll say 50 to 60 inches, 1977. Uh, Jacksonville, Florida, yeah, you gotta be kidding me. But Jacksonville, I, I have no clue what year this may have happened, and I have absolutely no idea. I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll pull a number out of the air. I'll say five inches. For some reason, I'll say five inches for them. And Dallas, Dallas can get snow. Dallas can get ice. Dallas can get wintry weather. I'll say, uh, I'll, again, I'll pull a number out of the air here, and I'll say uh, 13 inches for, for Dallas. Close so they, on Dallas, 12.5. 12.5? Okay. 12.5. Wow. Jacksonville, okay. Jacksonville, 1.3, 1.9. I'm sorry, 1.9. All right. So, Philadelphia, 31. Buffalo, 34. 34? 34. That's all? Yeah. That's oh, 34. Well. Does that, did he get the year? I, uh, I no, I don't have the year. And uh, Chicago, uh, 23. 23. I, I was always astounded by the statistic that Chicago went, you know, it's always regarded as a, as a colder city, and, and it is. Uh, it's also uh, snowier than New York is by an average about 10 inches a year. But it's not known for its big snowstorms. It gets a lot of small and medium-sized snow events, uh, with but fewer big ones. Chicago went from 1979 to 1997. 18 years without seeing a snowstorm on the magnitude of a foot or more. I, I remember 18 that 90, years. I remember the 97 storm. I remember they they, they were at the, uh, they were on Lakeshore. They said how many cars were, were stranded on Lakeshore Drive. It, they said that the whole city is like, you're, you're absolutely right though. They, they don't get like what we see here, synoptically speaking, yeah. I guess. Everything has to be just just right for them to get right, and it's different because we, we get the ocean storms. I, I think we actually, when you look at the stats, we've had probably far more um, big storms thanks to the the Atlantic, uh, far more big storms than Chicago has from the standpoint of the 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 the, fifth, the twenty inch ones, uh, and probably even the one foot ones because uh, Chicago gets a lot of six you know six to ten. Uh, four, two to four, three to six. Um, whereas you here, it's it tends to be more feast or famine uh, with regards to uh, snow events. Either you get them at six inches plus, or or ten inches plus, or you get a coating to an inch, or in some cases, you know, you barely see a flake or an ice pellet. 
You know, the the interesting thing about, uh, somebody just asked me here, Joe Rayo, why do you hate snow? <laughs> Can you believe that, Joe? Well, no, he doesn't hate snow. Uh, he, we were, he, no, we no. started out, when, when you and I started out, we were about as big in terms of snow lovers as, as you could get. But I have to tell you that as you get older... Well, yeah, it's 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 it, it, it's a problem, but it's it's different now that that you and I no longer have to travel. Uh, we're you know you have to also understand that when, when we we were working, uh, particularly um, well for me not so much because when I was working in the city, uh, my main shift was weekends. So unless the snowstorms happened on the weekends, I really didn't have too much to worry about. But uh, I st- and of course you know what happened. The snowstorms that we got from tw- 2000 to 2006 were all on weekends. But right. um, uh, yeah, n- believe me when I tell you if you have that having to drive in a driving snowstorm uh, where with a with a foot on the ground, particularly if you're doing it in a 2003 Toyota like I was, uh, is not fun. Okay, it really isn't. So I, you get to a point where you just really don't want it to happen. And the problem is that even if it happens on your days off, they call you in. So what are you supposed to do? Now, of course, we could sit back and just, you know, just want, pull, sit, pull up the chair and put it up on the, on the front door with the door open and then watch the flakes fall because we don't have there's to drive nothing, it in. There's nothing worse than, you know, seeing the snow fall and then all of a sudden getting the phone call from either the news director or more often than not, not the news director, but the executive producer or the assistant news director saying, hey, we need you. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, you know what? Your... That problem that problem for us no longer exists. And, yes. and, and it ain't going to exist because uh, you know as well as I, I mean, I know for me, Joe, if, 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 and it, it's not going to happen, but if I ever got asked to, you know, for somebody to, to, to work, I would just say, you know what? Uh, the only way I would do it is from the comfort of my own home because I ain't getting in my truck and driving. Now I have my truck, a new truck with four with four wheel drive, so I can get around you know anywhere I want. And I'm just not gonna do it. Not doing it. Not yeah. doing it. Um, so there, I, I'm putting your foot down. Is what I'm doing. <laughs> By the way, for those of you who weren't here with us last night, we had a wonderful show with meteorologist Jim Witt. Uh, and uh, go on a, my YouTube channel and go in the library on my YouTube channel. It's it's right up there because I have it so where the shows are just kind of, you know, stack in, in chronological order. So just go back to last night's and take a look at it. It was a great uh, show. It really was. We I mean, it, we really enjoyed doing it. Uh, uh, and um, that's how you know a show feels good when you're when you're doing it and it really feels good. That, that one felt that that one felt great. It really did. And, and Miss uh, Miss Borer and Mr. Green were on the chat board earlier today. And I said, why why don't either one of you, you know, make another appearance? Well, actually, Addison's been on our show. I said to Brittany, I said, why don't you come on? Come on. on. And she said, hello. Oh, I how many invites? How it. many invites do I have to send out? To, now, now I'm now I'm going to shame a few people. OK. Now I am going to publicly shame a few people. I won't name them by name, okay? Yeah. Because I'm very close to some of them. Um, but uh, you, there are a number of you have been invited multiple times. And the truth is, for those the, those who know who I'm talking about, you don't have to wait for me to tell you you want to to, to call you again because I'm not going to. Uh, 
<laughs> reach out to me when you're ready, and we'll be more than happy to to uh, Joe and I will be more than happy to interrogate you uh, on the air. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, Jim, uh, who was on with us last night, he actually called on Saturday. He right. called my house. He said, he said, so when can I get on? He's that's the first person who was ever actually asked whether or not he can be come, he can be invited or come on come on our show. Of course, we're waiting for right. that. We're waiting for that elusive. You're still waiting for an elusive email <laughs> <laughs> from someone else. Are you, you, know, you can tell to that person. I can just say, look, tell them to hold off sending up the the, the latest uh, uh, rocket. Or, or whatever they are, they're launching these days uh, over in Florida, and you know, answer the email and come on. We're waiting for you because we got a surprise for you when you come on. Yes. <laughs> at, th at this point, good. at this point, they're all shuddering in fear. <laughs> you know that they're scared to death. <laughs> and my wife just put on the chat board, but Joe and I have a long driveway and live on a hill. And that's the absolute and, truth. And that is the absolute that truth. That that's another reason why to hate snow. Yes, exactly. I mean, we have a snowblower, and I always can count on count on her to fix it if it did something. And has. and has. She ain't buying you a new one. Yeah. <laughs> well, the one that we had, the one that we had, we just wore out. Uh, the sixteen rough winters up here, and it figures that that the, we we get a new one a couple of years ago, and it figures that like last winter, what happened? We, you, I usually use a snowblower up here 10 or 12 times during a typical winter. Last year, four. That's all. Four times. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, we'll see what happens this year. This year, as I mentioned, uh, at least at Central Park, in the few years we've had a paucity of snow, like less than five inches, the next year came back big time. So if that happens this year, so be it. That's why I... I, I... I pay so little attention to the long range, but I'll just leave you with this. And I don't mean any disrespect to Jim Witt at all uh, 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 with regards to his long range forecast. But I will just say, because I am one of these people that if 90%, if 90% are doing one thing, I'm usually gravitate to the other 10. And the fact that you have so many forecasts now calling for a virtual non winter in the eastern United States makes me want to take the other side of that trade, okay? It's just only because of the fact that you know, Joe, as well as I do in the world of weather, it finds a way to shame you. And yeah. when everybody's piled on to one, uh, one line of thinking, uh, oftentimes that line of thinking winds up getting blown up. And I'm, I'm, um, I'm leaning in that direction. Reaver 501. Yes. The Great Reaver 501. He asks on the chat board, Joe, can, and I don't know which Joe he's asking. Maybe he's asking you because he remembers you from News 12 Long Island. Yeah, well, he's but out Joe, here. Can you, can you get Roberto Toronto on? No. Or <laughs> Next. Or, or Norm DeVoskin. Norm, I get Roberto Toronto, I believe, is he's out in the West Coast anyway. Um, uh, but I probably, Norm DeVoskin. Well, I think that we could we could try that. Although, um, I mean, I, all he has to do is click on a Zoom link and and just just talk. So, <laughs> Norm was not the most technical savvy guy, but he he may he figured it out. 
you get to a certain point, some people get to a certain point where they refuse to accept anything new technology-wise. Uh, I'm going to give Norm credit for one thing. This goes back to before WSI. So we had a system, a graphic system called oh, that was Live, Live Line 5. Oh, Remember yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, Live Line 5, yeah. And, and, and that in was order the, pre, to, the precursor to WSI. Right. And in order for you to animate a map to show a front moving across the country, you had to use something called Protean Paint. Oh, God. Did yeah, you, I just, I remember that? Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. And the only one I know who spent time building a graphics using Protean Paint was, was Norm. Yeah, I, I just, I wasn't doing that. That's where, and then, then, then when I went to Channel 11, it was never a problem because I had, a, you know, eventually I, I got a producer. So right. that, that was a, uh, that was a big plus. So then they did all the graphics. I just had to show up and look pretty. Isn't that nice? Yeah, it is. It's easy. That's lovely. Makeup is, is very difficult, though. Yes, yes. Although there's some fun times from the makeup room that I, I, I can recall. Um, it, it's it's a adventurous place. Uh, people say things in the makeup room that only stay in the makeup room. Let's put it okay. that way. All right. all right. So with all this talk of winter and snow, I think this is a good time to remind everybody that you're going to need to get your rock salt and your new shovel Every year, everybody has to go out and get new shovels, uh, mainly because they break. But if you've got a broken shovel after last winter, uh, I'm thinking that you're probably not using it right. Well, guess what? If you're in the Long Island, New York City area, but particularly if you're on Long Island, you can go to Omni True Value Hardware, uh, which is Long Island's largest rock salt provider. And they also have straight bag salt, geomelt, biomelt, and much more. Uh, to help you get rid of all that snow and ice. If you can't hire Mrs. Rayo to blow out your driveway, then go to Omni True Value Hardware, 631-756-1125. And uh, they, they do have the best prices in town. Uh, and it's omnitruevalue.com. So we will uh, be back tomorrow night at the usual time, 730 Eastern. I just want to say one thing in regard to Mrs. Rayo. All those years I had to work, at News 12 to be there during or just before a big snowstorm. Guess who has was stuck in having to blow the uh, the driveway out? Mrs. Rayo. Mrs. Rayo. And I, I cannot repay her for all those time because now I'm here, and of course when we have a big snowstorm now I will be the one to do the blowing. But no, Joe, uh, this I, is very easy to solve. And I know she's still listening. This is very easy to solve. Right. You 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 start to blow out the driveway, but you do it wrong. You see, then she comes out, calls you an idiot and and takes the snowblower and, and says, this is how you're supposed to do it. Believe it or not, that's how it I was going to say. <laughs> what are you doing? You're not supposed to. You go this way. Exactly. And then it's like, give me that. Exactly. I know you. I, I know. I, I I I knew that this was the case. Oh God! Well, well we, if I'm not here. If I'm not here tomorrow night, my funeral will be on Saturday. Right. All right. So we'll see you tomorrow, uh, 7:30 Eastern time. Everybody, thanks for being here tonight. Uh, uh, we, Joe and I, truly appreciate the fact that you guys, the number, all of you, come back night after night, and that is just uh, terrific. Uh, we'll do uh, Briller Jeopardy tomorrow night. I already got the questions. Uh, for tomorrow, so we're gonna uh, we'll take we'll have at it, and we'll see you then. <laughs> and on the chat board, my wife, the final parting shot. 
Yeah, me. Yes, exactly. See you tomorrow, Joe. <laughs>